You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. Arnold Donald is with us and he joins us uh, on this uh, Wednesday. Arnold, first of all, great to have you here with us. Hi, Carol. How are you? Everything going well? I'm doing okay. Doing doing well. Hanging in there. Um, tell me about you because, and tell me about Carnival, because I have to say I was pulling together my notes last night, and then I kind of woke up this morning and had to uh, certainly tweak them. Uh, tell me about the CDC now uh, possibly offering to or allowing ships to be out and running by midsummer. What's changed with the CDC, and what are the restrictions that are going to have to happen in order for that to uh, actually uh, come to come to fruition. Well, as you might recall, Carol, the CDC, I think last October issued a conditional sale order and they came out in phases. The first phase was bringing ships back in the U.S. waters and um, was primarily with minimal crew on board. Uh, we finished that phase of it in, mm-hmm. in terms of having in ourselves 30 ships that are currently in green status. They issued um, on April 2nd um, the next phase. Uh, and frankly, what has been issued um, doesn't give us a, a specific time to be able to return um, uh, and also is really not workable in the current form. But again, it just came out and we have an opportunity to discuss with the CDC and the administration um, to make certain that we do have something that's workable and hopefully that would allow us to um, be able to sail uh, in July. And we're hoping it'll be something that's more in line with the advancements of vaccines that's occurred and the rapid advancement of the vaccines um, that the administration has been so successful with, as well as uh, the advancement in treatments and the advancements in rapid testing none of which existed when the original conditional sale order was written. Uh, so we're hopeful that uh, we'll be able to meet with the administration and the CDC and, and come up with something that's practical and, and will allow people to um, return to their choice of, of vacation travel and get a whole lot of Americans back to work. As you know, Carol, over mm-hmm. half a million people are impacted in the U.S. Um, in terms of jobs associated with the cruise industry outside of uh, the cruise companies themselves. No, it, it affects a lot of um, uh, other jobs and other industries connected with the cruise uh, cruise industry. Hey, one thing mm-hmm. I got to ask you, Arnold, is how much of Carnival threatening to relocate their ships to other markets uh, outside the United States do you think was the reason for the CDC change? Because it was just a few days ago that they came out, you know, and we're still kind of holding firm. What happened? What were the conversations that maybe you you and other members of the cruise line industry had with the CDC? No, there, there was no threat or anything. It's just a practical reality that if we're not able to sail from the U.S. Um, in, in some monsoon, uh, we would have to sail from elsewhere. And, and so some of the ships with home port, and a number of companies have already announced home porting ships that normally would have been sailing out of the U.S., um, home porting from different places in the Caribbean. But it's not a threat or anything. It's just a natural outcome of not being able to sail um, you know, from the U.S., I'm not sure anything has changed. Uh, perhaps it has. Uh, I haven't heard directly from the CDC or the administration anything has changed. I think that they genuinely believe the uh, information they put out might allow some limited sailing as early as July. Uh, and so we'll have to discuss that with them. You know, our timelines don't quite match up with that, but maybe we don't understand everything. So the CDC has a job to do. They're trying to do their job. I think as long as we work together with the CDC and the administration, we can all get crews, you know, back soon, and we can get it back safe, was in the interest of public health, and 
we can have all those half a million workers no longer suffer from not being able um, to earn a wage and, and, and do their jobs in the ports and the various travel agents and all the other things that are connected to, to cruise. Well, Oral, does it feel like that there's a more constructive conversation with the CDC right now? And I ask that because I do also wonder, is there kind of a last straw for you that if the CDC in a couple of months isn't clear about what it will take to get ships, uh, U.S. home-ported ships, you know, up and running, is there a point where you're going to say, okay, I'm done, and we're going to move ships abroad? Um, you know, as you know, we have nine brands, Carol, so about 50 nine of our 90 ships are not under the conditional sale order they don't you know sail in the u.s anyway and so there we are already active um, and sailing and we've announced sailings in um, in the uk we've announced sailings in greece um, aida our german brands already sailing from the canary islands all on a limited basis at this point but is is movement in the right direction and um, we're optimistic that we'll be able to do the same here and, and, and continue the dialogue with the cdc i think one of the big issues here is um the relative mentality or, or, around risk. Uh, mm-hmm. So today, you can um, you could board a plane, fly to a country, get on a cruise ship and sail, fly back from that country and come back to the United States. You have to do certain testing, et cetera, but you can do that. And today, even if vaccinated, you can't get on a cruise ship in the U.S. And that's whether you're vaccinated or not in terms of what you could do outside, you know, uh, from the U.S. Uh, going somewhere else to get on a cruise ship. So, I, and, and if you look at other travel and entertainment sectors, um, you talked about spring breakdown in, in Miami, um, or you look at um, arenas where people are starting to be able to attend sporting events, restaurants, hotels, resorts, air travel. Uh, you know, there's a, a level of risk management and mitigation. And so we would like to just be treated similarly to the rest of the travel and tourism sector. Um, and we also obviously have enhanced protocols already in place versus many of those sectors. Well, does it uh, not make sense? Medical screening, medical centers on board, et cetera. Forgive me for interrupting, but does it not make sense to you, Arnold, um, that on for planes, you know, people get on a plane and they're sitting right next to each other. Um, there seems to be kind of different <laughs> requirements for people in different parts of uh, the tourism industry. And yet you folks are still waiting you know, to be able to get up and running. Does it seem, is this disparate treatment fair in your view? I think, uh, again, I think everyone is trying to do what they think is best for public health. And I think um, together we can work and find a way forward. I mean, it's true. You get on a plane. Some people say, well, you're only on a plane for a few hours. But you are sitting right next to someone. Before you got on the plane, you were in an airport terminal. Before you were on the airport terminal, you were in some kind of transportation. Before that, you came from somewhere. When you land, you go to another ter- airport terminal. And then you get in an automobile or a bus or whatever. You get on for transport. And then you go places. You might go to a restaurant. You might stay in a hotel. You may go to a resort. And, and all of that activity. And a cruise is a city at sea. And so to compare us just to an airplane ride is, is inappropriate. And to compare us um, just to a hotel stay is inappropriate. Uh, and so I, I think the reality is, look at the evidence. There's over 400,000 people that have sailed um, to date in Europe. For, for fewer than 50 cases of COVID all handled seamlessly without disruption. No and problems no at all? no major outbreaks on the Nothing? Because I know you've got, what, uh, sailing in Europe with two of your brands and I think six of your le- nine. Less than 50 cases. Yeah. Less, yeah. 
less than less than fifty cases out of an estimated four hundred thousand folks, uh, and each was handled seamlessly um, because arrangements, you know, were prearranged with the port, and people's travel weren't disrupted because we're now there's a lot more understanding. That all happened before vaccines, and so now we have the vaccines, which are you know, another layer and a major layer. And we would encourage everyone to get vaccinated. I mean, that's that's what we would encourage people to do because it is one of the best, you know, levels of protection against any serious effects from COVID that, that you can have. And, and that's what the science says. And we'll continue to be informed by the science, by global medical experts, but we will respect whatever the rules are wherever we go, as we always do. We have to be in compliance. What do you think about making it mandatory for vaccines, for passengers, as well as for crew members? You and I have talked about this before. So far, you guys have said no. I know you said you highly recommend them, but what about making them um, no, mandatory? Absolutely. Norwegian is doing it. What do you, what's your take here? Well, first of all, we encourage them. Look, the, the reality today is um, vaccines are not accessible to everyone. Um, young people, children, you know, today, um, it's not vaccines are not recommended for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's gaps in, in the vaccine protocol today. There are tests on the way. Maybe in a few months, you know, it'll be fine to vaccinate children. Uh, maybe in a few months, there'll be plenty of vaccine available for everyone. Everyone's hoping for that. Everyone's assuming that. And, and if that comes to pass, we would encourage everyone to be vaccinated. Uh, whether we mandate or not, we have to find, you know, in some places it's illegal to mandate, et cetera. I understand personal choice and personal liberty. We respect all of that. And so we'll follow what the regulations are, wherever it is. And But we, too, want to stand and do the thing that's in the best interest of public health. However, if vaccines are not mandated for other forms of travel and tourism, et cetera, then we're not sure um, that it makes sense to mandate them, you know, for crews either. But again, we'll comply. Uh, but we think, you know, fair and level treatment serving the best interests of public health is, is what we should be about. Today, the- we just want to continue to discuss with CDC and the administration and find a way forward where hopefully we can be sailing again this summer here in the U.S. What's going to change on a boat? If I get on a ship, I've been on one of your ships, uh, our Charlie Pellet has been on many of your ships. Um, What's it going to be like when it comes to the buffet? Is it going to be temperature checks um, a lot? What will you guys do? What will be different? Well, it depends. So right now, with the sailings we've had so far, we've had universal testing. uh, We've had physical distancing. We've had mask wearing. Uh, we've had additional medical screenings. We, of course, have enhanced sanitation and enhanced hair handling um, stuff on the ships. So all of that is present, and it's worked well. Um, going forward with vaccines, we'll have to see what makes the most sense in protocols, whether all that layering on top of vaccines makes sense, whether it could be, for example, as was announced by CDC, uh, with regards to uh, everyone vaccinated in a group, you may not need to wear the mask if everyone's vaccinated vaccinated mm-hmm. you know as frequently and so on so we'll figure all that out and 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 that will evolve over the coming weeks how we'll figure it out we'll listen to the medical experts and the globe and the scientists uh, from around the world on what the best practice is and, and the best of public health and of course we will follow whatever the rules are wherever we go will it be so could it be very different what the rules are in the u.s versus over in europe or will there be consistent rules for all of your ships I think for a short period of time, there could be some differences and not just U.S. and Europe, but even within Europe, even um, within the Caribbean. Over time, everyone will get to uh, a more probably homogeneous uh, kind of event. But but we are prepared. 
that there will, could be differences in, in one locale versus another as everyone, you know, is dealing with it. You know, the, the spread is different in one mm-hmm. locale versus another. The, the risk is different. And so we understand there could be some differences. So talk to us about the business update today, Arnold. Um, your stock popped on the yeah. news and uh, did finish off its highs, but nonetheless definitely caught the attention of investors along with the, the CDC news. Summer of 2021, I know you gave some of an update on that. Talk to us a little bit more about what you expect, how it plays out here. Well, again, we're, we're um, optimistic that sometime during the summer of 21, hopefully in July, we'll, we will be able to uh, begin sailings from the U.S., but we are ready. We'll be sailing um, from multiple places around the world. Again, a limited basis. Mm-hmm. A few ships. The reintroduction is going to be staggered. Initially, we'll have relatively low occupancy by design. So our crew gets used to the protocols that have to be in place, as we did in the past few months with the sailings that have already started with Aida and Costa. Uh, and so that's you know where, uh, where where it begins. And and I think over time. In a few months' time, if things continue on the trajectory they are with regards to the global management of this pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, then we might be able to see uh, more ships, uh, maybe the entire fleet, and higher occupancy on the ships as our crew, you know, gets used to managing the new pro- new protocols. I am also curious about right vac- now. Oh, sorry. People, go ahead. People please. love the experiences, Carol. People love the experiences that we had on. Um, uh, in the sailings we've had so far over in Europe. It's the highest net promoter scores, which is one of the indicators we use for guest satisfaction that we've ever had. And so, um, so, you know, we can give people a great cruise experience, even with enhanced protocols. And, um, and keep in mind, you know, we've, we've had to deal with things in the past. You know, there's Ebola, Zika, MERS, SARS, you know, all these different viruses. We sail globally around the world and, and we've had to deal with things out. This one is definitely... You know, obviously, it shut the whole world down, so it's it's, it's a different thing. Well, but we've learned a lot, and right. science has come a long way in the vaccines and everything. So we're in much better shape today than we were months ago. Well, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Europe um, and Costa. You guys do a big business over there uh, with that brand. Are bookings continuing to tick higher? What are you seeing in terms of trends? Well, as we said on our earnings call today, our business update um, call today in the UK. Uh, we announced three brands with sailings in July in the UK, Cunard, P&O, and Princess. Um, in each case, um, they had Princess had its highest single-day booking when we announced uh, second highest ever um, in, in bookings uh, in, a, in a given day. Uh, P&O you know, had their highest in like seven years, um, and Cunard um, had its highest um, in, in, in many years, in a decade or so. So there's clearly pent up demand um, and people want to cruise. There's a lot of repeat cruisers who have missed out almost on a full year of mm-hmm. getting their cruise fixed and, and they're anxious to cruise. And, and people are anxious just to get out, period, of course, after the lockdowns and everything. So the demand is strong and robust and we're able to uh, make those announcements in the UK knowing we're going to sail um, in a way that serves the interests of public health. Similarly, you asked about Costa in particular and Aida, uh, and, and we, we see you know, good demand. One of the challenges for Costa and Aida, is, um, uh, particularly Costa, is that mainly you're sailing around, it's Italians today sailing around mm-hmm. Italy, around Italian ports. And, um, and so uh, you know, that's not the most desirable itineraries for the mass of continental Europeans, but it's still a great itinerary and people are enjoying it. 
And in terms of, you know, as we've seen um, the vaccines becoming much more widespread here in the United States, I know you gave an update in terms of bookings in the U.S. What's been that uptick? Have you seen kind of a, a direct correlation, Arnold, as more and more people are getting vaccines that people are signing up in terms of bookings for, for trips on your ships? You know, Carol, you know, our, our bookings have been robust throughout. Um, if we look into the 22, um, second half of 22 and into 23, um, even the first half of 22, we're well ahead in the upper end of the range of historical ranges for bookings at this point in time. And, and, and with strong pricing, still a fantastic value for people relative to equivalent land-based vacation. Um, but pricing has been good. And so um, we haven't seen any enhancement to that because of vaccines or anything, but it was pretty strong to begin with, and it has continued to be strong. And vaccine passports, I think you and I have talked about this, not something that you, do you think it's a good idea? Yeah. Look, I think, um, you know, the personal liberty issues and all that, I, I, I leave to um, um, people with a higher pay grade than I do, I have. But I, I would say that, I think, you know, people getting the vaccine is important. Um, mm -hmm. I would encourage everyone to get a vaccine. And that I would absolutely say is important. Um, in terms of the personal rights and disclosure issues, you know, we've all um, traveled where we had to show we had a particular immunization in our country and that sort of thing. And so uh, we'll see how all that plays out. But the world will come together on that and, and make a decision. And, um, and we'll um, take advantage of that. Whatever they decide, we'll, we'll comply. And, and make sure our guests are honoring that if, if we take them anywhere. But I, I think the more important thing, the most important thing, is that people do get vaccinated. Um, mm. uh, if they have access, uh, they, they should they should get the vaccination. And I would encourage them to do that because it is the one tool in the toolkit that can really mitigate the risk for you having a serious effect if you do come in contact with COVID. Hey, just got about a minute or so left. Um, I'd be remiss if I don't, and I often do ask you about leadership. Um, there's a lot going on uh, across the country in terms of Georgia, I think, about voting rights and CEOs yes. being asked to step up. What's your position on this, and what do you think CEOs in that state need to be doing? Look, as the CEO of Carnival, um, my priority has to be safely returning my fleet to full guest operations in a way that serves the interests of public health. As a black person um, who grew up in the segregated South during the civil rights um, 60s, I am deeply aware. And, and although I can never fully appreciate, I am deeply aware of the incredible sacrifices suffered by so many black and white and brown and, and more to ensure the opportunity for me to vote um, and that I now enjoy. As an American, I feel a personal responsibility to honor those sacrifices and never stand silent if I see that the most basic of rights in our democracy, the right to vote, is being denied to or suppressed for others. And so, you know, I, I did sign um, uh, the notice and, and, the, right. and the call for action. Right. Uh, for As an individual, I signed it. As a citizen, as an American, I signed it. Um, and as a Black person. And, and I believe in it because I think you know, there's no more fundamental right in democracy than the right, right. to vote. And, and people have given their lives Arnold. Um, for the right to vote for all of us. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's really important we stand up. Forgive me. I've got a wrap, um, but I'm so glad we were able to talk to you about that. And thank you for putting up with my home setup. It's just kind of the world we're living in. Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Arnold Donald, he's the uh, CEO of Carnival Corporation.